As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hello, I'm Dan Bardell and welcome to the Weekend Preview on the Athletic Football Podcast, sponsored by Bet365. Slightly different this week as we're in the midst of the first Premier League break of the new season, which just means there's plenty of international football to talk about as well. And as usual, I've got my co-hosts George Ellick and Steve Freeth of Bet365 alongside me in order to do just that. How are you both? I'm good. Good to watch England um, put that Euros final behind them, wasn't it? And and score a few goals in the process. Um, so happy yeah. uh, off, off the back of that. Yeah, real dismantling in the second half. Steve, you good? As good as a West Brom fan can be? I'm all good, mate. Yeah, I've been enjoying Warsaw Stevenage on Saturday, Papa John's, uh, <laughs> Burton against MK Dons. I've got Port Vale Rochdale on Saturday and Bolton Burton Monday night. I am absolutely living the dream. I presume when you said Papa John's, you're talking about the football not not having a few pizzas. Well, both. You can see. You can see. (laughs) (laughs) Before we do get on to the England game then, guys, let's let's touch on the transfer window, a crazy transfer window in in general, and just, just so much has happened. George, who would you say are the winners and losers from the summer transfer window 2021? Yeah, it's quite tough. I kind of went through all this um, this morning trying to find a, a loser. And I think most teams look to me to have had pretty good windows. I mean, the losers, you would say, the teams who've lost key players. Um, but I wouldn't call Aston Villa a loser because they lost Jack Grealish because they've replaced him with Emi Buendia, Leon Bailey, and they brought in Danny Ings, three great signings. I wouldn't call Norwich losers, even though they've lost Emi Buendia, because you look at the amount of players they brought in and the quality as well. Um, in my opinion, despite their their poor start to the season, which I think is more based on the fixture list than actually what they've done so far, um, they've they've moved well to bring in plenty of players to replace him. So, in terms of losers, I'm not so sure. Um, I think the team who looked to me uh, like they might struggle is Crystal Palace. Even though I love the players they brought in, I, I do think bringing in you know the likes of Mark Gwehi, Michael Elise, Conor Gallagher. These are all players who are asking to step up very very quickly into a side that already looks set to, to struggle. Uh, in terms of winners, I think if you, you've you just got to be the teams towards the top end of the table. If you're looking at the top four, um, you know, City may not have got that striker that they needed. I'm not necessarily convinced that they need him. You know, 
uh, Sergio Aguero didn't play a great deal of football last season. They won the league by 20 or points. Um, and Ferran Torres and Gabriel Jesus have started with the season as if they know that their Manchester City career depends on it. United have brought Ronaldo back. They've got Jadon Sancho. They've got Rafael Varane. I don't think it really could have gone better for them in that regard. Uh, and Chelsea have brought in probably the best striker, the best out-and-out striker in European football in, in Romelu Lukaku. And Sal Niguez is a, is a brilliant pick-up on, on deadline day as yeah. well. So uh, it seems to me like the whole league has basically improved um, on where they were back in May, uh, which maybe is a, a knock-on effect of that quiet summer last summer uh, during COVID. I've noticed, Georgie, that uh, that Conor Gallagher scored two goals already this season, yes. the same as he, as, he, as he did last season for the Albion after mm. 2,529 minutes. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I loved his high energy at the baggies, you know, uh, getting up and down. Clearly, you know, Palace have bought a good player there. I thought Palace might be OK this season, but clearly a high turnover. Seems to be a trend, doesn't there, of, 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 of bringing in younger players and out with the old and in with the very, uh, very young and new. Um, I thought Spurs, personally, have, have done OK, obviously, with their new director of football. They're, I know they're maybe a little bit fortunate so far with maximum points and no goals conceded. I think the expected points say they should maybe have half of those points. But they've got rid of some players that have been at the football club for a long time and they've brought in big players from clubs big clubs in Europe in their early 20s so interested to see how Spurs go Unbelievably I have picked a winner and a loser and they have not been mentioned by either of you so far so that, that that's quite good Loser I just went for Newcastle Newcastle, Newcastle. Be- yeah. yeah because you know they've signed Joe Willock but essentially that's just breaking even from what they had in the second half of the season anyway so they haven't actually improved and they didn't have a great season last time out anyway so I just think they're in, they're in big trouble Although they've moved to make the football film goal into reality by buying Santiago Munoz. Yeah, that, who, I mean, that is a big deal. That is a massive I mean, big deal. To, if, to he's, if he's going to be as good as we knew he was, then that's going to be an extraordinary signing, surely. Yeah, it might be a scout to victory this season. <laughs> they're, 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 in big, they're in big trouble. Just not being, I mean, I don't think Bruce is the man for the job, but I also think he's managing with his hands tied behind his back in, in some respects. Not, not being backed in the transfer window at all this, this summer, really. That, that's going to cause them some problem. And winner, I went for Leicester. Because they haven't lost anyone. Usually they lose someone for the last three or four years. A big player's gone every summer, so they've managed to hold on to everyone. But I really think they've improved their squad as well with four or five signings that, yeah. they've, that they've got in. And, they've, and Dak has barely played yet. As, as he, they've got him to, to come in. But it seems to have given Vardy a kick at the backside as well. The, the fact that he's there. I think Leicester have had a very good transfer window. And there are a lot of injuries to start the season as well, so there's players to come back. And Dakar and Samari are both ages where you don't need them to come in and make an immediate impact. Uh, and I've got a feeling that Lookman deal, even though it was a loan to start with, uh, feels like the one that if, if everything goes to plan, I'd probably be there permanently as well. So yeah, I definitely de- yeah. I definitely agree. Although they have, I mean, they've started the season pretty poorly in terms of their, of their performance level. Um, but yeah, certainly in terms of the players they brought in, they look better than they were. Yeah, I quite like it when you can bed a player in slowly, like like they're going to be able to the new players. I think that that'll be a benefit to them. They've got they've got. I feel like their squad is just stronger now. Even Ryan Bertrand coming in on on a free, you know, it adds to the competition at left back. I think they've done some really savvy business. And last week, Steve, we did basically, I say, a third of a podcast on Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> going to Manchester City. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of podcasts last week in the football world would have ended up being a complete waste of time because then he shocks us all and ends up signing for Manchester United. Yeah, it was a crazy old uh, crazy old Friday, I think, with it looking like Manchester City was done. And then I know I had my doubts last week about that, that happening, the fact that he just wasn't a, 
a pep type of player, which I know we oh, covered. I think, uh, you know, I think you knew something. I think you were a bit <laughs> ITK. Coming, coming on here and saying it wasn't going to work. <laughs> oh, well, I wish I was. It was just, uh, no, it was just a, a complete shot in the dark. And of course, him going to Manchester United as well. You know, the, the, the interest in, in, in Manchester United for the title was absolutely incredible. Eight to one into five to one, of course. And, and he will be a number nine at Manchester United. I don't think there's there's any any doubt in that. And of course, we saw him in midweek at his best as well, breaking Irish hearts uh, and bookmakers' hearts as well. Um, <laughs> and uh, his, his, his goal tally is incredible, international level and at uh, domestic level as well. So he's nine to two to finish top top scorer, down five to one to win the PFA Player of the Year award. It was a great listen by um, Michael and Tom on the Athletics Football Tactics podcast that I listened to as well. So. Sounds like it's going to, you know, they think it's going to be on a, on, a, on a hell of a number of chances this season. We're all waiting to see uh, how it develops. I don't think it, fix, it fixes everything, of course, at Manchester United. You know, the midfield position, of course, with Pogba having two great games and then not so much on uh, in a different position against Wolves when they were fortunate to leave Molyneux with three points. I know Wal- uh, Georgie Boy was very disappointed by, by that result, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, let's wait and see. It's one of the best. It's one of the best value losers I'll ever back. That I think absolutely ridiculous. Romain Sice smashing it to hair from two yards. You know, Pogba, Pogba cleaning out Neves in the lead up to the goal. Um, Do you notice when when Ollie was asked? Because obviously in the, in the game before, when when Ollie was livid in the Saints game about Bruno not getting the foul, and then he was asked after the game on on uh, on the weekend about the about the Pogba tackle on Neves, which I think we can all agree was was a foul. I mean, it's not. I'm, I you think know, so. That's yeah. not, that's not yeah. just sour grapes for me. And Ollie says, you know, last week I was upset because it went against us. This week I think he made the right decision. It's like, come on, <laughs> come on, <laughs> just at least at least put your hands up when it goes your way. Um, but I, I mean, I'm I'm so excited to see. Ronaldo back at Old Trafford. Um, I think it is an incredible story and, and a, a great thing for us neutrals to be able to watch. And I, and I agree with Steve. I think he's going to score a lot of goals. You know, this is now you know, United changes now basically, and it, it's a bit of a shame having watched them against Leeds and having watched the performance that Bruno Fernandez put in. Things change now. This is a team that's got to be built around creating chances for for one of the best goal scorers of all time, if not the best. Uh, and we saw, I mean, both those headers for Portugal um, in midweek were just unbelievable. Not he, His aerial prowess is still just incredible. Not only his dominance, but also his finishing ability with his head. Uh, and that isn't necessarily the, the kind of chance we've seen United produce over the last couple of seasons. So they need to work out a way to, to get him uh, into those positions and get the ball on his head. They've got to find a way to play in those balls in behind for him to run onto. Georgie, did you see the XG for those two headers, like 0.09 and 0.15? So, I mean, they certainly weren't gimmies, were they? Incredible. And and both of them placed right into the the corner as well. I mean, he is incredible. I I don't think it fixes everything. I still think there'll be, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo being on the pitch on Sunday against Wolves wouldn't have changed the fact that Wolves were able to pick off United time and time again on the break because he he doesn't do the work defensively. That's not going to change. They're still going to be vulnerable. And Fred is making it very difficult for Fred apologists like me um, to continue sticking up for him because that was an abject performance. It nearly cost his side three points, given how poor he was in transition. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. I'm I'm excited. I, know, I think Steve's got a few prices for us on Ronaldo goals. I think I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 looking at the high side, given you know he's going to be taking the ball off Bruno for those penalties and free kicks as well. Yeah, I think he will be on penalties, guys. Do you? I think I think it feels like that. Yeah. you know that's a certainty. Um, it's been a while since he's failed to score 20 goals in, in, in his career. I think it was when he, the last time he was at Manchester United when he only got 18 goals. But we're, we're 10 to 1 about him getting 30 or more, which might be a big ask. I know he got 31 
in 2008. But we still think that, uh, you know, 20 or fewer at six to five is, um, we still think he's got plenty left in the tank. Yeah, I mean, I think his first three opponents are his favourite three teams to play against in the Premier League in terms of in terms of number of goals scored. One one of them's Aston Villa. You'll be surprised to learn. So he <laughs> could be in the goals in the first three games certainly and get himself off to to a good start. The penalty thing's interesting, especially off the back of, of missing one in, in midweek against Ireland. But yeah, he bounced back I think quite any... well with the two headers. Yeah, I mean the fact that he's taken the seven shirt off off Cavani. Have you seen that yesterday? So yeah. they obviously had to they had to apply to the Premier League to change the shirt number which they've agreed to. So I think any any signs that Ronaldo is going to just turn around and say to Bruno, "No, you're the penalty taker. I'll wait until you've you know he's he's the main man. He's back to being the main man. Um, you know the, the, he'll score. I'm sure plenty of penalties. Although you know Manchester United maybe do a run of not getting so many penalties. Um, I'm not so sure he'll score any free kicks because as we know, even though he takes a lot of them. Uh, he doesn't score very many. Bruno's goal tally is going to be sliced in half with the, with the penalties taken away from. You're going to sell him in your fantasy team, Dan? Aren't you? I can feel it. Already can... off. It's already been done. <laughs> already, already done. I, I, did, I did it. I did it yesterday. Wild card activated, Steve. Yeah, in, in, yeah. In a, in a panic after a couple of dodgy weeks. I think I'll be following already. you, pal. Yeah, I will be following yeah. you. Don't worry about that. You got to get him in before his price goes up even more. He's already on the already on the high side. If more, the more people that put him mm. in, the more his price is going to go up. So I thought I'd get it done early. But yeah, no Bruno for me in the fantasy team anymore. Plenty of content on Ronaldo and plenty of content on all the teams we've just spoke about and much more. And you can sign up to the Athletic at the moment and save thirty three percent in the process. So just three pound thirty three a month for an entire year. All you got to do is go to theathletic.com slash Ornstein and you'll be able to take advantage of that offer. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. has gone past him, Raheem Sterling rolls it in for England, a sharp finish to a smooth move, and an unfortunate torrent of projectiles aimed at Raheem Sterling. Right then, let's talk about England. Looked a bit, not precarious at half-time, but I was a little bit worried that England weren't going to break Hungary down at half-time, but then they showed that I know absolutely nothing about football and completely took them apart in the second half. And George, Jack Grealish, a massive part of that, moves to Manchester City, oh, in, into the team you come, Jack. It doesn't matter what you've done for the couple of years before, straight in the team, now you play for Man City, but a very good performance from you. Yeah, it's all a little bit predictable. Um, I mean, I'm looking for ways to defend Gareth Southgate, and I guess you can say that you know Bukayo Saka, who was the first choice for that position uh, in the summer, hasn't played many minutes for Arsenal, so that would be 
possibly his reason or his excuse, but it does seem like now, I mean, especially after the performance that Grealish put in yesterday, you, I don't think he's going to be out of the England starting lineup unless players are being rested for a long time because he was he was absolutely superb. Um, as you mentioned, the first half, England w- were pretty poor and, and struggled to break down a hungry side who looked pretty resolute, who looked pretty dogged. Uh, England only had four chances in that, in that first half, four shots, but Grealish was certainly the pick of the bunch. Uh, in that and then in the second half when suddenly uh, England kicked on and, and Hungary just looked it was a completely different side it was it was bizarre suddenly England were able to slice through them basically at will um, through balls balls over the top but just catching them out every single time and um, and Grealish again was was very very good getting his assist uh, didn't get his goal but in, in all that second half performance in thanks some part to the um, Hungarian goalkeeper Peter oh, Kalashi who he had a whiffer former Hereford, uh, Hereford United keeper, who's now obviously been playing at RB Leipzig for the last six or seven years very, very well, it should be said as well. You know, he's he's a good keeper. I'm not really sure what happened there yesterday, both with the Maguire and Rice efforts, um, which may have added a bit of gloss to the to the final score. But having said that, Harry Kane could have scored two or three more, a couple of chances through on goal. We'd, you'd have expected him to do much better. Um, so yeah, a, a really good performance. I, I personally, you know, this is the opposite of after timing. I, I thought England were going to struggle and I, I'd actually laid us for the win beforehand and at half time felt, well, as an England fan, I felt a bit gutted, but in terms of a, of, of a financial standpoint, I thought it was the right call, but, um, yeah, they, they certainly, uh, did much better than I expected them to in that second half. I, you know, you, you look at the form from the Euros of Hungary's and it stacks up pretty well. So I think England can take a lot of, a lot of heart and a lot of promise from that performance. Yeah, Dan, that's what happens when, I suppose, Grealish plays with a, a better quality of player, you know, challenging for, for European honours instead of constantly reminding people that they won a European Cup 40 years ago. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy's played three games against Arsenal, <laughs> Norwich, Tottenham. I'm pretty sure he's had good games against those teams in the past in, in, in a claret and blue shirt. I can't, it's really weird, really weird watching him. Obviously, he's playing for England. I still want him to do well. I, I personally still want him to do well in general, but it, it was a bit sad watching him and reminding myself of, of what I'm missing seeing at Villa Park. But he's a, just a sensational footballer, isn't he, Steve? Yeah, very much so. And, uh, yeah, you know, even when he was at Villa, he was, uh, I hate to say this, he, he, he was a joy to watch. And um, clearly, you know, you know and, we're going to see him flourish now in an England shirt as well as as well as a Manchester City because he's he's starting the games now um, for City as well, hasn't he? And uh, and doing the business. His teammate as well, Steve Raheem Sterling. He's he's picked up where he left off in, in the Euro. Seems to have just a newfound confidence in front of goal for England now. Very much so. I mean, what is it, Dan? I think 16 goals in the last 24 in an England shirt. We saw it at the Euros, the man of the match performances. He's so key for for Gareth Southgate's side, and it was. It was wasn't it fantastic to to see him score last night and and silence the crowd as well. I know um, as regards to Manchester City, it, he's been in and out. I think he's been a victim of, of, of pet roulette sometimes. I know he started the Champions League final and he was hooked when they were one 0 down against Spurs and hasn't started the last two games. But last night must have been uh, very sweet for him and and good luck to the kid. Especially for England, he looks just um, like a player with so much confidence. It feels like he's. He's matured a lot um, into a player who doesn't necessarily need a lot of game time around putting in good performances. Um, I think often, you know, it seems quite clear that Manchester City were open to the to the prospect of possibly selling him over the summer. Um, but I do think it the narrative has changed a bit, and we've got to remember that Pep Guardiola has been a massive ally of, of Raheem Sterling's over the last few seasons, and. 
I don't think that, especially because of the striker issues, um, I think Sterling's still got a massive part to play at City this this upcoming campaign. I think any notion that he's out of favour uh, or out of form are, are wider than Mark. I expect him to, to score goals and I expect him to have times where he's going to be playing through the middle, times where he'll be playing out wide. We saw him using his pace to much better effect, both off the ball and with his dribbling over the summer. His finishing ability is, is obviously now very, very good. He's creative too. He has a great relationship with Kane. Um, he's just an, an outstanding footballer and, and a great guy to boot. The thing, the thing that gets me with him now as well, and the thing that confused me about people saying he potentially leave Manchester City in the summer, he's like a real leader for England, and he's actually one of the real leaders at Manchester City as well. That they've lost a lot of their like captains, vice captains over the last few years. It's nothing to say that in a year, two years, Sterling might end up being Manchester City captain. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't surprise me. I guess it depends on on playing time as well. Um, but you've seen how he's led. Just on and off the pitch, I guess. I mean, the the pictures last night of him uh, in front of the the, the baying Hungarian mob um, will be iconic for a long time. We've got a lot of iconic photos from last night, to be honest. Um, and that is, you know, he is the poster boy for a new generation of football fans who um, want to embrace diversity and want to, you know, there was ten or fifteen years ago that the attitude towards footballers. Um, opening their mouth on other topics except for football um, was a pretty patronising one, the attitude. And, and now, you know, players and people like Raheem Sterling should be should be applauded for the way they carry themselves on and off the pitch. Um, and it was great to see him stand up to those in, in that corner, being literally pelted by bottles and, and beer cups and, and stand up to it proud and celebrate the goal and, you know, displaying a, a message of love for his, for his mate um, who passed away recently on, on his shirt, you know, love trumps hate. And there was no better sign of that than last night. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the crowd, the idiots in the crowd a, a little bit, Steve. I mean, 2021 and we're still having to come on podcasts and talk about the, these issues and things, things happening. I mean, the booing of the taking of the knee, missiles being launched, monkey chants. Just an absolute disgrace, abhorrent that we're still having to deal with these things in the modern day and age. But were you, were you surprised that it happened last night? No, not at all. No. It's, in the, it's in the script essentially, isn't it? You know exactly. it's coming. And are they going to do anything about it? What, what would there be? A, a slap on the wrist? A small fine? You know, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's very, very frustrating and, and, and clearly it's, uh, it's incredible, that, in my opinion, that it can just keep, keep on going, going on like this. It's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, the England players, I'm not sure they, they heard all of it, which doesn't make it right at all in any way, shape or form, but they responded in the, in, in the best way, didn't they, George? Yeah, they did. Uh, I mean, I, I was concerned. Well, not concerned because it would have been the right thing to do, but I thought before the game there was probably quite a big chance of, of England walking off at some stage. Um, but that... I don't think they were aware of it because I think they were. I think they would have gone. I think they, I think they would have was, that have heard there was, it. There was one... Um, video that I've seen doing the rounds on, on social media of, of the, the penalty incident where Sterling probably should have been awarded a penalty um, and he kind of fell and appealed in front of the fans and you can hear it very very loudly there uh, and he kind of looks at them in a way that suggests that he's he's aware that something's going on I mean I'm I, I'm, I'm half Hungarian uh, my, my dad is, is Hungarian and was, was born in Budapest and I've always been pretty proud of that um, you know my, my surname is a Hungarian surname um, when people ask me where it's from probably for the first time in my life now it's 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 something you have to think twice before saying because it's you know it's 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 not nice to be associated with that um you know uh, whether or not it's a minority or whatever I'm not sure but but it's it's abhorrent and there's no place for it in society or the world let alone football so um yeah it's it's a difficult thing to compute at the moment for for myself but 
you know, the way that that the England uh, players dealt with it was was in, was in totally the right way. Um, and I really hope that that FIFA do something to to stop it because it's just ridiculous that we're going into a game of international football totally aware that racist abuse is going to happen before we even get there and then lo and behold it happens it's just totally wrong yeah absolutely disgusting i mean we've got our own problems in this country as well we're far from perfect in the uk and and in england as well steve but if anyone does wonder why the players want to take the knee and why that message is so powerful and so important Nights like that show exactly why the England players and Premier League footballers are so keen to get that message across before every game. And it's absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah, very much so. You know, over here as well, there's been a, a small smattering, you know, when I've, I've been to a game, but it's still drowned out by the applause of, you know, yeah, of, 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 of fans in the stadium as well, which, which massively, you know, outweighs that. And, and again, just hope that uh, that continues because it's here to stay. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right then, before we continue with the podcast, please remember that if you are going to have a bet this weekend, make sure that you do so responsibly. George, you've got some helpful tips on how to make sure that we do just that. Yeah, it's important to us that the listeners of this podcast are in control of their gambling. This is a podcast for those who are 18 years of age and older. Please ensure that you are only staking what you can afford to lose and do visit BeGambleAware.org for any information to ensure that you're gambling responsibly. Let's talk about Harry Kane, George. I mean, for actually, Steve, if, if anyone had money, if anyone had money on Harry Kane to score two plus goals last night, I bet, I bet you'd have been usually you'd have been paying out. I can't, I can't believe the amount of chances he missed. Yeah, he had five last night, didn't he? Um, you, normally, you'd expect him to to get a hat trick. Obviously, his record in England shirt is fantastic, and we've seen him. It's, it's going to be a, a slow process, of course. I think he's only had two shots for Spurs as well. Uh, this season, you know, one in each game as well. And both of those are on target. It'll, uh, I'm, I'm not sure whether he'll be starting against uh, Andorra, but he'll be ready for the for the Poland game, of course. And, and so fingers crossed that, he, uh, that he's back to his usual best. But yes, it, w- it would have been frustrating if you were on two or more last night. It's just that Kane rustiness at the start of the season. I mean, there's loads of other factors to take into account this time round, George, but he does always start slowly. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, I mean, I think last night it was a case of, I mean, he, he played very well in the game. It was just, just missing a couple of chances and he probably took one of the hardest ones of the lot. Um, I, I'm, in, I'm interested to see that he is, um, you know, with Bet365, he's now the fourth favourite for the top goal scorer um, betting at 6-1 to one with Lukaku 3-1, to one, Ronaldo 9-2, Salah 5-1. to one. Now, I know that... Um, he hasn't scored yet, but nor has Ronaldo. So 
Um, we'll take that into account. But we also note this is Harry Kane at Tottenham. This is a repeatable season that we see year on year and a, and a slow start. And you know he's, he's only played one Premier League game so far, so we can't call it a slow start yet. Um, normally makes way for an absolute barrage of goals. He's a player who's going gonna to take all their penalties. He's going to be on the pitch for 90 minutes whenever he's fit. Um, I, I feel like he's slightly the forgotten man here, uh, if I'm honest. Um, you know, you're... You'd be betting on something happening that we see happen year on year, um, you know. And, and I don't think at other times when Kane's been struggling to score, it's been an issue. I would say more of getting into goal-scoring positions and actually missing the chances, uh, and that hasn't been the case. You know, we saw him scoring. You know, it was the the Europa Conference League. I don't think we can really look too much into that, but but it was still a goal. And then last night he scored and had plenty of chances as well. So, yeah, maybe there are doubts about about Tottenham uh, under Nuno being creating enough chances for him, but. Um, I, I don't think you're you're taking too much of a leap to think that at six to one he's probably the each way play in that market at the moment. Man, it doesn't matter if you if you're not creating many chances if you win every game one 0 If Spurs continue to do that, they'll end, they'll end up they, winning the league. They can't obviously. they can't continue, Dan. Surely on I don't know. They, don't, they, look, they look pretty astute so far, Steve. <laughs> Three one nils in, in in a row is pretty good going. And we're talking about goal scorers and goals. I mean, Maguire another headed goal, Steve. Yeah. He should score more, really, Harry Maguire. He should score more for his club, um, that's for sure. I, mean, I know Manchester United have a new set-piece coach as well. Um, so I suppose from his point of view, because he's, he's always the first port of call, I suppose, for you know defensively. You're always going to mark him, aren't you? I think he's he got two-headed goals for Manchester United last season. He got one the season before Premier League goals, which is incredible. Um, he's got more goals for his country over the last year. I think the only goal um, he scored in that time when he's got I think four for England, he's, he's won. And that was against Sheffield United, of course, his, his former club as well. But uh, maybe with this new set-piece coach, we, we could see more goals from that. Uh, I was going to say that big forehead, but then you're looking at my big forehead here and I'm in no position to talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> I mean, he he went into my fantasy team last night, Harry Maguire, so he, I can guarantee you he'll be on zero goals <laughs> for the rest of the season and keeping zero clean sheets. But yeah, he's just he's such a good defender as well. He's, his game's grown so much, hasn't it, George? And, and built in the championship. I just enjoy that you're changing a fantasy football team a week before the Based, on, Eng- based on England, I'm yeah. not sure that's the best tactics, is it? You've, you've, you've just seen Slabhead smash one in with his head and you've gone, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want a bit of that. In you go. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a phenomenal footballer. I just... Uh, Anybody who doubts Maguire's um, quality, both as a defender or as a footballer or as a captain, is, is just getting it wrong, in my opinion. He's he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, England are lucky to have him. United are lucky to have him too. Um, he, you know, that that Maguire Varane centre back partnership should be as good as, as as many, as good as most, as good as any maybe uh, in European football this season. Two phenomenal footballers, phenomenal defenders. Um, should he score more? Yes, probably. I think that that will probably come. Um, you know, if you're looking for aerial prowess, as I've said, from corners, having both Ronaldo and Maguire in the box should mean that set-piece coach has one of the easiest jobs in England. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan and great to see him last night getting getting that goal. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily would, would be rushing to back him to consistently score. I think he's one of those players who's always overbet and and kind of overpriced for, for, for scoring because normally when he does score a goal, it's fairly high profile. And Steve, Calvin Phillips played last night. He was awarded the England's Men's Player of the Year at St George's Park earlier on in the in the week. 
I mean, he's never never spectacular, is he? He's not that type of player, but he goes about his business with the minimum of fuss, and he he's had a great year. And I think what summed him up quite nicely was when he was presented with the award, that he basically was just like, oh, Leeds fans must have, must have voted heavily. But you know, he was a pop, he was a popular player in the summer, and he he really did well in the Euros, and he's had a, he's had, he's had a great year in general, hasn't he? He's only made his debut about 12, 13 months ago as well for England. Yeah, uh, he's a big team player. I mean, I think you know after the Euros, you saw him consoling Saka as well, didn't you? Which kind of you know sums up the guy as well. Um, you know, Rice and Phillips were excellent in the um, in the midfield for England in the Euros. And like you say, Danny, he's, he's a relative newcomer, a, a to the Premier League and B to the international scene as well. And the way he goes about his business for, for Leeds United, that that lone pivot. There aren't many lone pivots around these days, and he does it so expertly well for his for his club as well. And his, his rise internationally has been outstanding. And he looks to have plenty more in the locker as well. So it's, it's going to be an exciting time for Leeds fans. I, I suppose they just hope they can keep hold of him. Yeah, another one built in the in the AFL, George. There's a load, isn't there? Really, who've, who've made their names in? I was going to say your realm. I don't know whether that's a, that's a yeah, compliment that's or not. But you, I'll, you're, I'll, that's I'll fine, isn't that. it? Yeah, yeah, that's your fine. realm, the AFL. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 been it's turned into the area where most English talent is is nurtured. Whether that is um, academy grads being sent out on loan, like Mason Mount, like Harry Kane, or whether that's players who who come through at clubs lower down the, the pyramid, such as I mean, you know. Calvin Phillips may have come through at Leeds, but not much about Leeds um, is a, is an EFL club in terms of the way that they their academy is operated and the way they run as, as a football club and their size. Um, but the amazing thing with Calvin Phillips, and I often say this, is that I, you know, pre Bielsa, I thought he was a, a bad player. I'd, I'd watch Leeds and I, and I couldn't have him at all. He was a ball to ball, he was a box to box midfielder who basically looked to shoot from any opportunity he could get. His positional discipline was fairly poor. He wasn't a very good passer. And I remember, I mean, Leeds fans at the time um, harboured big hopes for him, I think mainly on the back, the back of him being a homegrown talent and a local boy and a Leeds fan. And I wasn't having it at all. And then Marcelo Bielsa came in and the work that he has done with him to turn him into the player that he is now, working with those raw attributes, that raw talent, and turning him into that midfield pivot such a brilliant long passing ability his positional discipline is now fantastic his tackling is brilliant his general discipline is just very very good um is a testament to what a good manager and what a good coach can do if anyone ever doubts the impact of a good manager or, or a good coach can have on individual players and calvin phillips is is the is the the example that should show you how important it can be because without bielsa coming to leeds i have no doubt that Phillips would probably be more likely to be playing still in the EFL rather than for England and what a player he is now. Um, delighted for him to get the recognition that he deserves. Brilliant to have a player from from Leeds who has cemented their position as a regular England starter as well. So uh, yeah, credit to him, credit to Marcelo Bielsa um, and I hope he, uh, I've no doubt that he'll continue to, to look very, very good in that role going forward. Interesting you say about him, he always used to shoot. I don't think he ever shoots now. No, I, think I know, seen, exactly. I don't think I've ever seen him have a shot for England. That's a, that's he, some he, turnaround, he was, isn't he? He was a box-to-box, you know, midfielder who used to try and get into the box and, and, and get shots off. And, it, and it, I, he, yeah, in my opinion, he wasn't very good at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, England have got a couple of more games to come in this international break. It's England v Andorra Sunday at 5pm and then a trip to Poland Wednesday at 7.45. That certainly won't be an easy game. Let's just touch on the, on the other home nations then because Scotland lost 2-0 to Denmark. I think Denmark were, were pretty comfortable. We, we've touched on the on the Ireland-Portugal game. I mean, I, I've got to say, I watched that game. I don't know whether either of you watched it. I, I thought Ireland were very good, actually. I thought yeah, that was, a, there was some it, signs yeah. of encouragement for them. 
Yeah, it was a. Uh... It was so close to a coupon buster as well. I think Portugal were, were 66 to 1 uh, in play just before you know who did the business. And even after Ronaldo got that first one, James McLean burst through, didn't he, on the left hand side? Yeah, straight. He's such a, such a frustrating player, uh, James is. I think he took the wrong option and, and shot from an angle that was like 0.03 instead of maybe crossing it into the box. I think they could have had a couple of penalty shouts as well. Um, but what's that? Three defeats and three now for them. They're, they're, a, well, I mean, they're still challenging, but they're eight to one to be uh, to finish in the top two, and they got Azerbaijan and, and Serbia, I think, to come to come next as well. And, and they were also beaten by thirteen to two shots, Luxembourg in the group as well. So clearly, there's a lot of work to do for the Republic of Ireland. Loses Luxembourg, that would be the kind of thing that costs you if you look if you're looking to qualify, <laughs> yeah. won't it? Yeah, there's also Northern Ireland won four one away at Lithuania and Wales drew nil nil with Finland at home. Obviously, all the teams are doing this to qualify for the World Cup in Qatar at Christmas 2022, which I'll never, ever get used to saying. Is there anyone not involved in the England setup at the moment, George, that you think will be in the picture when the World Cup rolls around when we're all having our Christmas dinner? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it, I think, in the last two weeks, but I, I do think Harvey Elliott will will play his way into, into the reckoning um, because especially with... With Liverpool not having uh, signed any extra men um, to to come in to, well to be the provide some depth, especially in forward areas, the fact that Elliot can play in the midfield three or in the front three uh, or in either of the wide spots means that I think he's going to play a lot more football than than maybe we were anticipating. Um, so he would be the one that's most likely. I mean, Curtis Jones is another that could easily play his way in through through at Liverpool as well. Um, I think he got probably quite close to, to getting involved towards the back end of last season. Uh, and he seems to be a bit of a forgotten man uh, after the summer, but another brilliant, brilliant talent. So th- those two Liverpool men are probably the two that I would anticipate will get closest. And, and I'm sure that you know, Pat- it's Patrick Bamford's time. Uh, it's his turn to deputise for, um, for Harry Kane now. Uh, I think that is in part because Southgate probably would have liked to have given him a chance in the summer, but he was loyal to the players that to help get them to that uh, Euros. Um, but I think Danny Ings will, will will surely, if he continues to score the goals he is early on in his Villa career, um, he's going to have to be brought back in because he is a player that I don't think you can really afford to leave at home. So uh, in terms of young talent, yeah, Jones and Jones and um, Elliot, but then Ings surely will, will get his chance again to show why he should be uh, England's number two, vying out with uh, Dominic Carver-Lewin and, and Patrick Bamford. I'm going to completely disagree with you and say that I think Ings has got a few ahead of him, you know, just cause, mainly because of age. But I actually think when Ollie Watkins is, is back fit again for Villa, I think he's probably ahead of Ings in the in the England really? order now. Greenwood wasn't in the squad, was he? No. This time around, you know, he's going to be knocking around by the time the, the World Cup rolls around. Right I actually, this is a big shout. I actually don't think Ings will play for England again. Wow. I mean, I still think that Greenwood would be more likely to to probably vie for, with for Sterling's position on the right of the three. We had that chat yeah. obviously last week. Um, yeah. But I see what you mean, and, and I think that you know I think that when Ings and Watkins are both fit, Ings will be Villa's starting striker, with Watkins probably either coming off the bench to replace him or, or playing in a kind of less familiar, recently at least wide wide role. But we'll see. I mean, I'm I, I personally, as an England fan, would love to have someone of Ings's um, ability as an option off the bench, somebody who just sniffs out chances in the box and, and has the unbelievably ruthless efficiency in front of goal. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, he just, he just scored two plus last night, Danny Ings, I reckon, Steve. Yeah, what about you, Steve? Have you got anyone? Uh, yeah, a bit left field. Uh, Trevor Chalaber, I, th- I was thinking, who's who's done well at Chelsea pre-season yeah. um, and had a good start to the season. Um, 
uh, obviously Thomas Tuchel has, has, has liked him. I suppose there was talk about going out on loan. He stayed there. Uh, Kunde, they didn't sign him as well. So I think he might get some more chances. I think he can play in a number of positions, whether it be defensive midfielder. But I think England aren't overloaded with quality at centre-half. Maybe if he gets a, a run of games, then maybe that could be a, a very surprise inclusion at uh, Qatar next year. And he's, I tell you, he's 17 at the moment. He's, he made his first Premier League start of the weekend for Villa, but Carney Chukwemeka, mm. he's going to be an, abs- he's gonna be an so absolute good. player. He's, so yeah. he, you, never, you never know. I had to do a scouting bit on him um, towards the back end of last season. And the way that he receives the ball and can kind of spin in tight spaces reminds me of a certain other Villa graduate who we've spoken about quite a lot on this podcast at times as well. And he's got much more to, I mean, I'm not saying he's a better, but he's got more to his game than that. But I love the way that he gets his head up and he's able to, Sometimes with certain players, you can just see the way that they the way that they collect the ball that they've got something special, and he's certainly one of them. I, I tell you what, Dan, the way you go, and you have the whole Villa, you have Jed Steering goal. By the way, well, he's, oh, he's, 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 just, he's just reti- <laughs> he's just retired Inks. Exactly, I'm, I'm, I'm impartial, Steve. Don't, don't you worry about me. I mean, it's no surprise that we're not going to be talking about any West Brom players getting hey. into the squad for Qatar, is it? There's no one with a hope in hell of making it. <laughs> I'm trying to think who I can make a case for. Yeah, Sam Johnston, I suppose. Sam Johnston. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, of course, Sam. I mean, yeah. Um, it's all... Uh, Elisa might be playing all right. I'm, 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 keeping, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. If you had to back a winner then right now, Steve, for the World Cup in Qatar, who would it be? Well, this is going to sound ridiculous. And, and yeah, I'm, I, I know you're quite used to that. No way, no Already coming it? from me. No, it's not. Uh, listen, Spain have just lost their first World Cup qualifier since... Um, 1993 uh, last night against uh, against against Sweden but they're still strong favs to qualify I was impressed by Spain I didn't think they'd go that far in the Euros I'm impressed by uh, Enrique I think he's got a fairly a young squad it was the second youngest squad at the at the Euros they missed a lot of uh, chances there didn't they I think they had the highest um, XG there like nearly 17 they had I think they only scored uh, 11 and they lack a bit of a cutting edge um, but I'm hoping that Ferran Torres can maybe step up to the plate just a little bit over the next um, year or so. Of course, he's going to get his chances at, uh, at Manchester City as well. I know Pep has been working very hard on the training ground with him and he, and he has scored a hat-trick before against Germany as well. And I just think Spain at 9-1 to one could maybe get something um, out of the World Cup next year. I'm just interested to see how they go and I'm really excited by their side. I'm going to go for England. England to go one better. They seem to have improved every tournament under Southgate and gone one better. So I'm going to go with them to continue that and win the World Cup. George, who's your pick? I've got two. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I know a great deal about um, how Brazil and Argentina look at the moment uh, in their um, in their in their games now. But I do think taking stock of the Euros, I think Italy at nine to one feels overpriced. I know it's pretty easy given that they 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 won them, um, but we often do see teams who win the Euros go through a a you know a, a purple patch of of a generation, and I and I do think you know we saw. Uh, Federico Chiesa scored last night. He was a player who, who obviously came to a lot of people's attention over the summer. He's a brilliant player. Um, they've got, I, I know that the likes of Chiellini and, and Bonucci will be a, a year older if they're there, but um, under Mancini... They'll always be there. They're in the they'll, 40s, they'll, they'll still be there. Be there. <laughs> yeah, but under Mancini, they, they, they do just look like a very, very good team and, and he's got them playing good football that is suited to tournament football. They're all winners now. Um, and I think that France being 6-1 to one and Italy being 9-1, to one, given France's... Uh, turmoil at the moment uh, on and off the pitch seems wrong and then I, I think the best value bet is Denmark um, you know a team who were were, were well tipped for the Euros um, who lost 
their talisman and best player in extraordinary circumstances in, in, in Christian Eriksen. A lot of people seem to think that the Denmark performance in the Euros was was kind of feeding off the back of that, uh, trying to do it for their, you know, for their mate and stuff. But I think that does them massive disrespect in terms of how good they are as a team. Mm. Um, you know, going into that tournament, Kasper Hulman, their their manager, who's a, a very exciting, very innovative manager, had turned them into a very, very good side. And, you know, I, I, I think they put in that performance in spite of what they had to go through rather than necessarily just, just, just um, feeding off the wave of emotion. So for them to be double the price for the World Cup, given the fact that the market is still fairly skewed in favour of European teams with only kind of Argentina and well, Argentina are 12 to 1. Uh, Brazil, the favourites at 11 to 2. Just seems very, very generous um, for a side who, who got to um, extra time in a Euros semi-final totally on merit. Um, I think they're, they're being overlooked again. Interesting, yeah. So, I mean, Argentina have obviously come off the back of a, a good Copa America, so they'll have the tails up now and it could be Messi's final World Cup, you, you're going to presume. I, I don't think it would yeah. be a bad shout to, to go for Argentina if the football guards align and want to give Messi that elusive World Cup that he's, that he's not got yet. I think that just about does us. Just one final reminder that you can sign up to The Athletic and benefit from the insight of some of the best sports writers in the business for just £3.33 a month at the moment. To do that, all you've got to do is head to theathletic.com slash Ornstein and you'll be able to take advantage of that offer. Thanks ever so much to George and Steve as ever for joining me. Remember to hit subscribe so you never miss a show and leave us a review if you're feeling generous. And we'll be back next Friday morning. Have an excellent weekend. The Athletic.